This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Good morning, River Church. Man, I hope you guys have had a fantastic week. I hope you had a great 4th of July. Anybody do some fireworks out here? I see everybody has both hands, so that's good. Y'all heard of that football player last year that, or a couple years ago, blew off one of his hands doing fireworks, cost himself millions of dollars. Not good. We had a good 4th of July. We took, uh, we went over to Roanoke and uh, went and watched fireworks with our little man. I made a mistake, though. Sometimes you make mistakes. Well, he's only one, so we're still learning, right? So we went out there, we're like, this is going to be great. He's going to look at the fireworks, and he's going to, Gideon does this thing where when he sees lights or he sees things, he looks up and he goes, oh, wow. And so I'm just, in my head, I'm picturing this magical all-night just fires. Wow. 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 Well, we made a mistake, <laughs> and that was not our reality. What we did was we actually went, we didn't know where the fireworks were going to be, so we went and found a good spot. It happened to be where nobody else was, and it turns out there's a reason why there was no one else there, because that was like right next to the fireworks. So their fireworks going up, instead of, oh, wow, what you have is terrorizing children, you know, they're running around crying. It wasn't that bad. But uh, anyways, I hope that, uh, live and learn, right? So uh, live and learn. Anyways. Other than that, it was a fantastic 4th of July, and it was a great fireworks show. I enjoyed it. Gideon, just not so much. Well, I think he liked it once he got over the terror of, you know. Anyways, that had nothing to do with anything other than to say, I hope you had a great 4th of July. I wasn't even planning on saying that. So we're going to jump in. We're going to be continuing in the book of John. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to be in John chapter 16 today, and we're going to be starting right there around verse 5. And I'm just going to jump in and, and uh, start reading. So... <clears throat> Starting in verse 5, it says, But now I'm going away to him who sent me, and not one of you asked me, where are you going? Yet because I have spoken these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. And so remember, Jesus is heading to the cross. This is we're about 48 hours from him being crucified on the cross, and he's saying, I'm going away. But he's not talking about the cross here. He's talking about when he raises from the dead, him actually going back up into heaven. He says, so I'm going away. He says, but, uh, but none of you asked me where I'm going, but still sorrow has filled your heart. They know he's leaving, and so they're upset. Verse 7, nevertheless, I say to you, it is for your benefit that I go away, because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. So he's saying it's for your good that I leave. So you're upset, you're sad, you're disappointed, but it's actually for your good that I go away, because when I go away, there's going to be something happen. There's going to be something that comes here on earth that is going to be with you, this counselor that he's talking about. He says, if I go, I will send him to you. But when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, and you will no longer see me. About judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Verse 12, I still have many things to tell you, but, I, but you can't bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. For he will not speak on his own. He will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come, and he will glorify me, because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine, and this is why I told you that he takes from, excuse me, he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. So here we have Jesus 
talking to the disciples, his, some of his final words to the disciples. As a matter of fact, these are some of the final of the final words because after this, he's going to talk about persecution and uh, the glorification of himself, and then he's going to pray for himself, the disciples, and all believers around the world, and then he's going to go to the garden. He's going to get arrested, beaten, crucified on the cross. And so here we are, some of the final words of Jesus, and he's saying, I'm going away for good eventually, not just to the cross. I'm going away for good. He says, but it's for your good that I go away. Because when I go away, I'm going to send the counselor to you. And here's what's interesting about this is he's, he's saying this, this is this really good thing because this counselor that is going to come to the earth, this, this counselor that he's talking about, it seems like when you read what Jesus is talking about, this counselor is going to be extremely, extremely important to the Christian life. It seems like this counsel is going to be extremely, extremely important to your walk with Jesus. Like this counselor that he's talking about is going to be very active in your relationship with Jesus, in your relationship with God. So who is this counselor that we're talking about? Who is this? What is this thing? What Jesus is talking about here is what we call the Holy Spirit, what the Bible calls the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Bible refers to it as the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth. Some translations call it the Holy Ghost, right? Not talking about a ghost like you're thinking Casper, right? Not talking about that. The Holy Spirit that Jesus is talking about here. So you, if, you're, if you're new to church, you haven't been in church, and you say, what is that? What is this? What are you, what are you? So, so here's the thing about the Holy Spirit, is that the Holy Spirit is often the uh, overlooked part of God, the overlooked person of God. And when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, people get nervous. Any of you guys get nervous when I start talking about the Holy Spirit? You're, you're going to be like, what are you talking about, Mike? But I felt it. I felt the clenching. People get nervous, right? And, and here's why we get nervous, because the Holy Spirit is the part of God, part of God's nature that you can't quantify. Qual- now, you can't do this with any of God, but we, we like to do it with Jesus and God the Father. But when you, you start talking about the Holy Spirit, you can't quantify it. The Holy Spirit sometimes has this mind of its own. You can't control it. And when the Holy Spirit gets involved, sometimes there's some off-the-wall crazy stuff that happens. Like when you start talking Holy Spirit stuff, you start talking miracles, you start talking life change, you start talking healing, you start talking about some stuff that we can't, I mean, if you're like me, I, I'm kind of a control freak, right? And so I like to be, I like for things to be controlled, I like to have power over them, I like to be able to, like, you know, like we, they start singing a song in worship and Katie starts talking, I'm like, wait, that's not how the song goes, what's happening? Right? I'm just kidding. You do whatever you want. But I'm saying that's, at first, that's my reaction is like, wait, wait, there's no, you're supposed to do the chorus next, right? That's just me, right? But if you start talking about the Holy Spirit, sometimes things get weird, man. And, and what happens when you start dealing with Holy Spirit, start talking about the Holy Spirit, what happens is you have some, some parts of the church, the Christian church, that go way over here with the Holy Spirit and just get crazy with the Holy Spirit off the wall, off the chain, like some stuff that is just, honestly, some stuff that's not biblical. A lot of it is. Some of it's that's not, but you go way over here. And so the response to that is to swing the pendulum the other direction. And so some of that is wrong and not biblical and not true. But then you go the other direction with it and you have people that go, well, we're just going to act like the Holy Spirit doesn't even exist. Or even if the, if the Holy Spirit does exist, we're just going to ignore the Holy Spirit's power, despite the fact Jesus is like, I'm going away. Holy Spirit's coming. It's going to be very vital to your life. I don't know what you're talking about, Jesus. Right, I remember that teacher. I don't know what you're talking about, Wills. What are you talking about, Wills? Right? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, how old is that guy? <laughs> and so some people, we swing the other direction with the Holy Spirit and just to almost strip away the power 
of the Holy Spirit. Now, you can't strip away the power of God, but we try to, right? We, we ignore the power. Of the, and, and a lot of it just comes down to simply not understanding, not knowing. And what is it? What we don't know or understand, we're afraid of, right? That's just the reality of human nature. And so what I want to do today is I don't want to ignore the Holy Spirit. I want to spend some time teaching on, talking about what the Holy Spirit is and what Jesus is talking about here when he's talking about the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to apologize because this might feel more like uh, a lecture than a sermon today, but what I feel like is important is for us to have a good foundation of who the Holy Spirit is. I feel like it's important for us to have a good foundation of what the Holy Spirit is supposed to be and is doing actively in your Christian life. Because if you're a Christian in here, the Holy Spirit is all up in your life. You just may not realize it. And so I want to talk about that. So I want to use a lot of scripture. We're going to talk about what Jesus has to say about the Holy Spirit. And we're just going to jump in. That good with everybody? All right, let's do this. So the first thing I want us to know about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is God. So when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, we're not talking about something other than God. We're not talking about some weird oogity-boogity thing that comes in. We are actually, we are talking about God. So you have the Trinity is God the Father. God the Son, which is Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. So the Bible talks about God as one, but God's triune nature. So God's triune nature is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So it's three in one. It's one God who exists in three persons. Is your brain broke yet? It doesn't make any sense, does it? But we're talking about the nature of God, one God who exists in three person. It's somewhat of a, of a paradox, right? But the Bible says that each one is fully God, working in perfect relationship with one another, eternally possessing the same, same divine substance or oneness. So it's three persons operating in sometimes three different ways, but all ex, uh, exuding the same oneness at all times. You see, that makes absolutely no sense. It's a paradox. That's why the Bible says things, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. What is that? Jesus is the Word. The Word was God. So Jesus is God, but he was also with God. How can you be God and be with God at the same time? Does that make sense? We're talking about a, a paradox, right? Three in one. So all three are simultaneously equal, powerful, all-knowing, holy, loving, just. All of them have all of the attributes of God. None of the parts of the Trinity are any less of God than the other. They're all equally God. Three and one. We're not talking about three separate gods. We're talking about one that is all three, but just as set one at the same time. And we use, sometimes when we try to start thinking about it, understanding the Trinity, we use weird analogies that kind of help us break it down, but they're not, none of them are perfect. Like one that I hear a lot, maybe you've heard before, is talking about uh, water. Water is the Trinity. So water exists, and water can be ice, water can be a snowflake, and water can be steam all at once, right? So it's, but all the time, it's water. Does that make sense? So it can be all three of those things, but at the same time, it's water. But here's where the analogy breaks down is God doesn't separate. So he doesn't like shape and, and shift into the Holy Spirit and then shape and shift into Jesus and shape and shift into God. At the same time, he is simultaneously all three. And the same time, he is one God. It's a paradox. But that's who our God is, and, and we have to understand that uh, we have a limited human understanding of our God. We're talking about a, an all-powerful, all-knowing being who doesn't, who, who the whole, God is a paradox. Like, he literally exists outside of time. At the same time, he is right here with us. He's in the future, and he's in the past. That's amazing. 
That's incredible. That's who our God is. And so there's no perfect or sufficient way to describe the Trinity. At the end of the day, we just need to understand that our God is an incredible mystery, but at the same time, he's made known to us. That's so cool, right? That's so cool. So he's, the, the, the Trinity is equal in nature, distinct in, role, in the role that they play in your life, though. So each one, they're equal in nature, but they have a different role they play in your life. For example, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. So each three in one, three in one. So here we have Jesus saying that after his departure, this Holy Spirit, this, this comfort is going to come and is going to be an active part in your life. And so I want to pay attention to what he has to say about this because this is huge. In John 14, Jesus says, I'm sending the Holy Spirit so that you're not left here on earth as an orphan. That's amazing. He's saying, I'm sending the Holy Spirit so that you're not just left alone, so that you have someone to walk with you. So let's look at a couple things Jesus says. And I'm actually going to go back to John 14. I skipped over it earlier. I wonder if any of you guys noticed that when we were going through John. I skipped over it because I wanted to come back to it when we got to John 16. Here's what he says. Uh, John 14, starting in verse 15. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. But I will, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him, but you do know him. What's, why is it saying the world cannot see him? It's talking about Christians. If you're not a Christian, you don't have the same relationship, right? Because he remains with you. Check this out. Talking about the Holy Spirit. He remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. So he's saying, I'm going away. I'm sending this Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, so that he will remain with you and at the same time be in you. So the first thing, if you, if you write this down, I want you to write down about the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit is with us, and the Holy Spirit is in us as Christians. When we become Christians, there's this thing that happens, and, and different uh, groups describe it as different things, but ultimately what happens is the Holy Spirit comes, and the Holy Spirit dwells in you as a believer. This is, this is you ever heard, if you grew up in the church, you heard this all the time, I got Jesus in my heart. Y'all know what I'm talking about? what that's describing and talking about is the Holy Spirit. We literally have God dwelling in man. This is, you talk about groovy, man. That's an extremely, extremely spiritual thing. God coming and dwelling inside of you. Check out 1 Corinthians 3.16. This is extremely spiritual. It says, don't you, don't you yourselves know that you are God's sanctuary? That, that's a dwelling place. You are God's dwelling place. Don't you yourselves know that you are God's sanctuary and that the Spirit of God lives in you? 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Don't you know that your body is a sanctuary? The Holy Spirit is in you. God has, when you become a Christian, God has literally filled you with his Spirit. What's cool about that is that means he is with you always. Our God isn't some far-off God created the world, set it to go like the clock, and then peaced out and said, hope it goes well. And, and not only is he sometimes active in your life, the Bible is teaching that you literally have a God that is dwelling with you and in you at all times. That's amazing. The Holy Spirit is with us all times. And sometimes we don't realize that. Like we feel like God's far away or we, you know, we, we, we wonder where he's at. He is with you. He is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you and with you always. So I, I want to encourage you to remember that, man. When you go through hard times, when life's difficult, when you're wondering, remember that God is with you and in you. He has filled you with his Spirit, the Holy Spirit. 
So the first thing I want us to know, the Holy Spirit is with you and in you. Secondly, that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. Jesus said in, verse, or in chapter 15, verse 7, he says, I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Do you remember, if you're a Christian here today, do you remember that moment where maybe you were driving down the road, or for me it was at church camp, the first time I ever experienced this. That's how you know how far I go back, is church camp where I'm hearing the preacher talk, or maybe you were reading the Bible, or maybe you were just driving down the road, or maybe you got in a fight with somebody, I don't know, and you, you realized for the first time in your life, you said, I need God. I need something more. I need God, that conviction you felt in your heart. Or maybe it's driving down the road, reading your Bible, and, and you realize, man, there's something in my heart. Or, you know, maybe you listen to a sermon. There's something in my heart that, that is screaming that there's this something wrong with me. There's this sin that is breaking me that I need to deal with, that I need to have transformation, and that I need to be changed in me. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? That moment, what that is, is called is the Holy Spirit convicting you. That's not just, that's not your conscience. That's not just you feeling guilty. Sometimes it is. Sometimes we feel guilty for things that, that aren't Jesus, aren't the Holy Spirit. But what that is, is the Holy Spirit working in your life, convicting you, drawing things up, realizing first and foremost, hey, you need God. And then secondly, hey, here's some areas in your life we need to work on, we need to deal with. I'm bringing to your attention that God wants to check this out. And because and sometimes we think of it as this bad thing. No, what it is, is God drawing these things up in you to transform your life to bring healing to you, to draw you closer to God. That's literally the Holy Spirit working in your life for the transformation of your life. So the Holy Spirit convicts us and the world of sin. And, and here's the thing about it is, is that, how do I say this? Not everybody responds to that in the same way. And so a lot of times the Holy Spirit will convict of sin and, and people will reject that or push that away. I've talked to people who... who literally have done some awful, awful, awful things and will sit there and go, I know my brain tells me I should feel bad about this, but I don't. And I would say after a while, that's, that's quenching, that's rejecting the Holy Spirit's conviction. After a while, and eventually you kind of become numb to that. So the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. And as, as, as the Holy Spirit does that, as, as it transforms us, the second part of that is, write this down, the Holy Spirit enables us to live with Christ-like character. So as the Holy Spirit is transforming our lives, the Holy Spirit makes us more like Jesus. Check this out, 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We sing that here in church. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I love this imagery. We all with unveiled faces, meaning no masks, fully revealed to God. We with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord, and we are be, being transformed by the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is spirit. The Holy Spirit enables us to live with Christ-like character. Here's more simply put, Galatians 5, 22, verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law. The Holy Spirit is transforming us. The Holy Spirit is enabling us, empowering us to live with Christ-like character. Essentially, the Holy Spirit is actively working in your life to make you look and live like Jesus. The Holy Spirit is working 
in your life to make you live, love, serve, give, be like Jesus. And, and sometimes I feel like we feel that in our lives. We, we know that. We see God working. Like, for example, you'll look up and be like, I'm a different person than I used to be, right? Like a year ago, I'm, I'm a different person than I was a year ago. God has changed my And we don't necessarily know what to attribute that to. Today, I'm giving you a name for that. That's the Holy Spirit at work in your life. It's pretty cool. The next thing I want us to know about the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is with us and in us. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. The Holy Spirit enables us to live with Christ-like character. Secondly, the Holy Spirit guides our lives. The Holy Spirit is our guide. Verse 13, Jesus says, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. The Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit is actively at work in your life, not just conviction moments. Sometimes when we think of the Holy Spirit, all we think about is, that's the thing that makes me feel bad. No, that's not it. That's not all. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. It does convict, but it guides us. As a matter of fact, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, even guided Jesus when he was here on earth. That sounds blasphemous, doesn't it, for a second? Like, what? Check this out. Matthew 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The Holy Spirit literally showed Jesus, guided Jesus where to go. Mark even says it. Immediately the Spirit impelled him to go out into the wilderness. Galatians 5.25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. And I know that that sounds kind of big and crazy and over the head and like, that. yeah, they're talking about that for like the Bible days or the super Christians or, or something. And there are times, like if you read in the book of Acts, you see Paul wanting to go to Asia, and the Holy Spirit's like, nope, right? No, we're going to go over here instead. The Holy Spirit actively works in our own lives. Like, for example, well, I guess what I want you to know is the Holy Spirit guides your life. For example, uh, when we were trying to find a place to meet as a church, I've told you all this story before, we were looking for a place to meet. and At the time, I had called 30 schools, five movie theaters, and two community centers. And all of them had said the same thing. Nope. As a matter of fact, one lady from a, one school district, I'm not going to say who it was, but they were in Keller. I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. I don't even remember if it was that. I'll just say the city. So don't go back and be like, you said y'all are mean. But anyway, she, called, she emailed me. It was like, quit emailing our schools. You cannot meet in our district. Like, okay, I got, the, got it. <laughs> got it. I didn't know what to do, right? And this is what I mean by the Holy Spirit guiding your life. I didn't know what to do, so I prayed and I fasted. I spent a week praying and fasting, and at about midway through that week, I don't know what to do. I feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me, I feel like God is telling me, email this movie theater. Well, you probably know the end of the story since we're sitting in this movie theater, right? But email this movie theater, which I had already emailed twice. First time she told me no nicely. The second time she wasn't as nice telling me no, and she basically was like, leave me alone. And so I'm thinking, I'm going to email her again for a third time, and she's going to, like, cuss me out. I emailed her. She said, crazy that you email me. It literally just became available this week. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit of God compelling you into movement. That's the Holy Spirit of God compelling you, moving you to do something, moving me in that moment to do something. And I'm not some super Christian that that only happens for me. Like, trust me, if you know me, you're like, I don't even know if Mike is a Christian. I'm just kidding. You wouldn't say that. You'd be like, he is. He is. But it would be, I'd be a whole lot more relatable. You're like, oh, I can't be like that, right? I guess what I'm saying is that I want your life, I want you to recognize the Spirit's work in your own life, and I want you to follow that same voice. 
Because sometimes it's going to direct your path and you're going to go, this makes perfect sense. Sometimes it's going to direct your path and you're going to go, this makes no sense. But what I want you to do is test the Spirit. Make sure it's Jesus and then do it, no matter how crazy it may seem. Because that's where you're going to end up, not just in the biggest blessings of your life, but right where God wants you to be, right? Because what's crazy about this is this movie theater was the very first place I wanted to be when I was praying about it and got rejected, rejected, rejected. I mean, my feelings were, I felt like a teenage boy who couldn't get a date, right? Seriously, it hurt. And God took me full circle right back around to where we started. That's the leading of God. The Holy Spirit gives us guidance. The Holy Spirit is guiding your life. Let the Holy Spirit do that. Listen to the Holy Spirit and do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. The Holy Spirit is guiding us and equipping us. And as the Holy Spirit guides our lives, write this down, the Holy Spirit works in our lives, enabling us with spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 4, says this, now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. So one Spirit gives all these different gifts. There are different ministries, but the same Lord, and there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift and each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for, check this out, for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith. Are you walking through going, I don't have that one, don't got that one, don't got that one? That's how I feel sometimes. To another, the performing of miracles. Oh, I skipped. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. It's a lot of gifts. One of the same Spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person as he wills. So I know that was a lot of text, but all of that essentially says this. Long story short, the Holy Spirit gives to believers different spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit puts in you, do you hear that? It says gives as he wills, puts in you different spiritual gifts for the common good of the church. Not just the River Church, although so many of you guys are using those gifts for the good of the River Church, but for the, for the building up for the good of Christ church, the church. So the Holy Spirit has put gifts, talents, abilities in you for the building up of his kingdom. That's why we put so much emphasis on that at the river. Like so much so that in our membership class, when you take deeper, we make you take a spiritual gifts test and we make you take a personality test because we want, you to, we want to help you discover what God has put in you. We want to help you discover and see what God has blessed you with because it, when you find that and you live in that, you're going to find fulfillment in doing what God has called you to do, what he has gifted you with when you find that in your life. And we want that for you. We believe in that for you. God has put, the Holy Spirit has put gifts in you to be used for the building up of his kingdom. That's why we say all the time, man, God wants to use your life. God wants to do something. He didn't just put you out here, man, he, for nothing. He put you out here for a purpose, to be on purpose for a purpose that's his purpose. And as a side note, I'm just going to say this. I think this is cool. This isn't the only place the Bible talks about spiritual gifts, but I wanted to use this, this particular passage because I want you to notice what some of those were. Some of those were things like gifts of healing, gifts of miracles. Even there's one talking about gifts of prophecy, right? And I just want to say this just so you know, man. We here at the River Church, or at least this guy on stage, I believe that our God still performs miracles today. I believe that we serve a God that still heals the day. I believe that we serve a God that transforms and changes things, a God that can come and interact in the physical and make things different than they were. 
different than what the world, what doctors, what anybody says is possible or is. I believe our God can do that. And so I don't know what he can or will do in your life. And sometimes he works in situations and sometimes he doesn't. But I want to say this to you, man. If you're in here today and you need, God's, you need God to do something in your life, to change things in your life, I believe he can do that. If you need a miracle, it's not outside the grasp of God. We're talking about a God who raised himself from the dead. Anything in your life is easy after that, right? Like, you don't know me. Okay. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> but we believe in a God that changes things. And then last but not least, and there's, there's a few more I wanted to get to, but I'm, I'm just going to end on this, is that one of the final things that the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit always, always, always points to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's job is to glorify Jesus, to point to Jesus. John 16, 4 says this, He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine, you're saying it's all mine, and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit works and lives and moves in your life to always point you back to the Savior of the world, to Jesus, so that we would be like him, so that we would look like him, so that we would love like them, but ultimately so that we would do what we are created to do and look back and worship and glorify the God of the universe. Amen? Amen. Everything the Holy Spirit does is designed to point back to Jesus, to glorify him. All right, you got it? You feel like you understand it? You should still say no. That's still the answer. So here's what I want for you today. I want, want you to know this. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is God. So when the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God or, or all that, and you're going, what is that? I want you to know that is God. The Bible's talking about God. Holy Spirit is God, and the Holy Spirit is active in the Christian life today. Your life today, not something far off. It is The Holy Spirit is active in your life today, dwelling in you and on you. The Holy Spirit makes you like Jesus, convicts you of sin, reveals, transforms your life. The Holy Spirit guides you, comforts you, gives you direction, enables you with spiritual gifts, and ultimately the Holy Spirit points you to Jesus. I hope you got all that down. So here's what I want you to do with all of that, right? Because I just kind of feel like I just told you a bunch of facts, right? I just kind of listed out some facts. Here's what I want you to do with this. Here's my, here's my challenge. Because Jesus said that he comes to us and he says, it's good that I'm going away because I'm going to send this counselor. I'm going to send this Holy Spirit who's active in your life. And what I want for you is I want you to experience and recognize the power and the movement of God, the Holy Spirit, in your life today. I want you to recognize that. I want you to see it. So here's my challenge is I want you to this week or today or, you know, they're going to come up and sing and we're going to worship God some more uh, before we leave. And maybe in that moment, I want you to say this prayer. I want you to ask God. I want you to say, Holy Spirit, God, be active in my life this week. Move in my life this week. Do something in my life this week. And, you know, God is always actively working. But I want you to specifically ask, do something in my life this week. Now that part's on God to answer that prayer. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to pay attention. I want you to be looking. I want you to have your spiritual antennas up, right? That's real cheesy, but have your spiritual antennas up. Be looking, expecting with open eyes, open ears, open spirits, whatever you want to say, open spirit, not spirits. <laughs> open spirit. Expecting and looking because the Holy Spirit might reveal some sin in your heart that you need to deal with. 
The Holy Spirit might call you to action. It might call you to do something. It, it, they might reveal some spiritual gifts in your life that said, oh, man, I, I, yeah, that's right. I might be, I'm kind of wasting. I need to do something with that, right? Whatever it is, I want you to pay attention. And then here's the really hard part. I want you to do what the Holy Spirit says. I want you to follow that. Now, test it. Make sure it's Jesus. If it's not glorifying Jesus, it ain't Jesus, right? Holy Spirit's calling me to rob a bank. No, he's not, but it's for Jesus. I'm going to give the money to church. Maybe it is the Holy Spirit. I don't know. <laughs> but do what the Holy Spirit says. Follow, 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 because I want you to experience the power and the presence of God in your life today. Let me tell you, I, it's not always easy, right? And sometimes the Holy Spirit calls you to do things that are outside of your comfort zone. I've told y'all about one for me before was I was in Mississippi going to school and I was going to do an internship for college and the, I start praying about it and I had one, a place I was working at, a church I was on staff at, was going to do it there, started praying about it, felt like God was telling me, you need to go to Atlanta to my, my friend Joel, raise your hand there, Joel, Joel's church, you need to do an internship at his church. The thing about that, I'd never been to that church, I'd never met the pastor, didn't know anything about the church, right? Like I told Joel and he's like, man, you're crazy. We don't, do, we don't even do internships in my church. Like, I don't know. I feel like this is what God told me. So I go do this internship. You know what happens? One of the first nights I'm there, I see this beautiful, blue-eyed, brown-haired girl walking through the door. Best internship ever. That beautiful girl ends up being my wife. Now, the internship was incredible, but that's why God had me there. Now, I just want to say, thank God I listened to the Holy Spirit. Am I right? Some of you guys are like, man, I need to pay attention. <laughs> and, and I know that's, that was eight years ago or whatever. But the Holy Spirit still is active and moving in your life today. I'll tell you about one that happened to me a couple months ago. I, was, I went to a, a place, and I, and I won't necessarily tell you where it is, but I went to this place. I walk in, and the, the girl's there behind the counter, and I'm talking to her and kind of doing business transaction. I knew her. We had a, kind of a relationship. You know, I see, see this. We do a lot of business at this place, right? And so um, we're talking, and, and I leave, and I go and sit in my car, and I, whenever I drive around, sometimes I have Starbucks cards in my car that I just give away to people. I'm a great pastor. You know, I love people. I like to give away stuff. And uh, anyways, so I felt like God was telling me, Mike, you need to get one of those Starbucks cards and go back in and give it to that girl. And I was like, no. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. That's weird and uncomfortable. And so you know what I did? I went to Wendy's. <laughs> I went to Wendy's, and I went through the drive-thru, and the whole time I'm there, God would not, the Holy Spirit would not let it go. So I drive back into that place. You know, it's 20 minutes later. I drive back in there. I go in, go to the counter, and I see that girl, and she's got her head down, and she's holding her head down, and her, there's a friend there with her, and this girl there with her is just kind of rubbing her back. And I, and I walk in, and, and I, I'm walking in there, and she holds her head up, and she's been crying. I can see she's been crying. I didn't know what to do, so I just walked up and I said, hey, and I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something effective like, hey, I just want to come and give you this Starbucks card and, you know, let you know God loves you, God cares about you, you know, God sees you, something along that effect. And I handed that to her, and that woman started sobbing, like the ugly cry. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> right? And she was thank you, thank you. And I don't know what was going on in her life. I don't even, like, I literally don't know. I don't have a clue to this day. Don't know. But here's what I do know is that God worked in her life in that moment. Because what she had at, a, at a, obviously a time that was awful for her, somebody came in and said, hey, God sees you. 
I want you to know God sees you. And so I believe that God worked and moved in her life in that moment. And so here's what I want to say to you is I want you to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit might be calling you, directing you to do this week, because who knows, it might use you to change somebody's life. It might use you by some simple act impacting someone's life. Who knows, God might change your life if we would just expect, ask, expect, pay attention, and follow. You might experience God in a whole new way. God, I love you. Thank you so much for what you do through the Holy Spirit in our lives, God. I, I pray that even though it was some simple things today, God, I pray that there'd be some things that we talked about today that would help us understand and know who you are a little bit deeper. Help us understand your Holy Spirit a little bit more, that we would, as a church, see the moving power, healing power, transforming power of your spirit in this place. And as individuals, we would learn to see it and experience you in our daily lives, Lord. You're always with us. The Bible says that you dwell in us. It's not that you're not there. It's that we're not paying attention sometimes. And so, Lord, help us to pay attention. Help us to see. Help us to experience. Help us to follow, God, so that our lives would be lives, li lives lived by your spirit, that like Galatians says, because we're in the spirit, that we live by the spirit, we would walk in the spirit, Lord. I love you, Christ. In Christ's name we pray, amen.